The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Welcome to the Crack House Chronicles, your favorite true crime podcast. I am Donnie, and I'm sad to say that I am without Dale today. He's feeling a little bit under the weather, and the episode we're doing today is an interview, and we've had it scheduled for a couple weeks, and we hated to put the person off, and we really need to get this story out, so we're going ahead and doing it. Dale insisted that I go ahead and do it, so this is what we're doing. But before we get started, I have a couple of Apple podcast reviews that I'd like to go over and read to you guys. The first one is from Alexis Jimenez, and she basically says, this podcast is one of my favorites of all time. It's the only thing that gets me through the long, boring hours of the workday. I have recommended you guys to all my friends that work with me, and they love it as well. Keep doing what you are doing. Much love, Alexis from Kentucky. Wow. Alexis, thank you very much. We love you. We appreciate you listening and telling all your coworkers and all your friends about us and turning them on to us. We appreciate a bunch. And we have another one from Danielle Mayo. She says, I listen to a lot of true crime, and this is my favorite. Makes my commute to work much more enjoyable. Well, Danielle, we appreciate you, and we appreciate that we can make your commute to work a little more enjoyable. And I hate you have to go to work, but I'm glad we can be a part of it. And you can listen to us and tell all your friends and coworkers about us. All right, I'm just going to go ahead and get started on this episode. We want to thank Crystal Harris for recommending this episode. She sent us a Facebook message, and he is from our hometown right here, the guy that we're talking about today. And I had no idea about it, so we really appreciate the recommendation, Crystal. We have Ashley McCraw on the show. She is the daughter of Walter Vernon McCraw, who went missing here in our county, Cleveland County, Shelby, North Carolina. He went missing on July 18th, 2018. Welcome to the show, Ashley. Nice to be here. Well, we appreciate you telling us your story of your dad. Tell us a little bit about his background, his early life. Well, he's always had a good big heart. He'd get his shirt off his back. For, for a stranger um he always made people laugh he 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 battled um a drinking problem from his teenager years up until the day he went missing but other than that he was just he was a really good guy his name is walter vernon McCraw, but 
He went by Vernon. Is that correct? Yeah, that or Vern. Okay, Vernon or Vern. Okay, cool. Yeah. Now, everything I read, he was uh, adopted uh, by his uncle or something like that when he was two years old. Yeah, but that's my papa regardless how anybody looks at it. But that's all I knew it was my papa. I never knew it was my uncle until I got older. Yeah. But there was no difference there. That's for sure. He was definitely his son. Well, that's awesome. Said he had a pretty good childhood. He uh, loved uh, everything I read. He went fishing a lot, went to the beach, and done stuff like that. Yep. Had a pretty good childhood. Yeah. I mean, I don't really know. To I mean, the the first part before my, my papa got him, I don't think it was good. Uh-huh. Uh, his mom and all. It's just a bad family. Yeah. But after for the time my papa got him, though, he, he had to have had a good childhood. Yeah. Where did he uh, go to school, elementary school and high school and all that? I'm not sure about elementary school, but I know he went to Crest High. What did he like to do when he was in school? Do you ever hear any tales of stuff he liked to do You know, while he was in high school? Did he play any sports or anything like that? Or? He played football. Uh-huh. He played for Crest? Yeah. Okay. I think Crest had a pretty good team back in those days, about, what, 84, 85, something like that? Yeah. Okay. Uh, what did he do after high school? Do you know? He went into the Army. Um, I'm not sure how long he was in the Army, but he was discharged because of alcohol. But after that, I know he worked at PPG and Glaze Components. Okay. But it's just all that area. I was with my mom and her family. Yeah. But, I mean, he was always there. If we needed him or if I wanted to see him, he was always there. That's cool. Uh, does he have any brothers or sisters? Any siblings? He has a, he has a brother, Tony. Okay. Is, um, is he local? But, is he around the area? Yeah, he is. Okay. He's a preacher at Camp Creek. Uh-huh. At Camp Creek. Yep. Okay. What about, um? I know you're his daughter. Does he have any more children? He does. He has a son. His name's Adam Geddes. He's in prison right now, though. They had. They were just getting before Daddy went missing. They were just getting a relationship kindled because he had been raised by another man. Yeah. And I mean, he's the spitting image of my daddy. Really. Yeah, all the way down to the facial hair. Wow, that's crazy how that works out like that, isn't it? It is, and we were friends before we knew we were brother and sister. Really? So you knew him before you knew he was actually a brother. Yes, <laughs> it's wow. funny. We we were gonna date, but his mom. <laughs> said hold off when she got off work we was all going to talk about that it's and like, then she come home and she showed me a dna test and she said you can't date because your brother and sister I, said, wait, 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 I got something i got something to tell you <laughs> wow yeah. did you did you not think you looked like your dad at the time did you say hey it's this? uh not at the time we were we weren't about i was about 13 and he was 12 yeah okay so you so you've known him for a while then that's really cool yeah Okay. Yeah, and the, and the more we were together before he went to prison, he he is, oh my gosh, it's not, words can't even explain how much he is burning, made over. Really? Yes. Hmm. Well, your dad's case came to us through a Facebook suggestion. Somebody messaged us about it, and we got to looking into it, and it's like, you know, why, you know, there's not a lot of coverage on him, you know. There's and, not. And we there's won't, not. and Dale... 
and I, my co-host, we talked about this. That we, you know, we've got to, we've got to do this, and we've got to talk to Ashley and get her story out there on her dad. And uh, yeah. I got to look, and I was searching on Facebook and uh, some of the comments, and I think it was your mother that I had actually contacted initially. Yeah. And uh, I think I, I told her, I said, uh, how do you know Vernon McCraw? And she came back with, uh, he's my ex-husband. Let me put you in touch with his daughter, Ashley, our daughter, Ashley. And uh, it went from there. And, you know, you and I have talked uh, a couple or three times since then. And you've sent me a lot of information on your dad, what you could find. But there's really, there's not a lot out there. No, there's not. And I don't like how the very first um, publish publishing come out in the newspaper. I don't like how it came out. It was a short paragraph that had hardly any information. And they, I don't know, they acted like that should justify it. But truth be told, every every other publish about anybody missing has been a lot more detailed. Yeah, I agree. I mean, this, uh, I couldn't figure out why I couldn't find anything on him. And if, and I had called the um, Cleveland County Sheriff's Office to, find out why he wasn't on the missing persons report and the the reply they gave me was it was it was reported in the city hmm. well that still don't justify that i mean he county's over the city this is true and he's missing regardless yeah so let's talk about the day your dad went missing this was on his parents last saw him on july the 6th of 2018 is that right yep Let's talk a little bit about the day leading up to that. Um, did your dad, I mean, when, when was the last time you saw him before that day? Um, About, I'd say about two weeks. Yeah. Was he acting okay? I mean, did, did he have anything different to say than he normally does? Or talking about anything different? Well, not really. Um, but the one of my mom's best friends, basically a sister who's, known him basically all of her life who he has always spoke to when when she speaks to him because he thought she was beautiful Mm -hmm. and she had rolled up and seen him standing outside of city trends in the hot sun and she pulled up and rolled down the window and was like what's up Vern?" and said for the first time ever that he just looked at her with a cold blank stare and didn't even respond. So she said it, she felt awkward. So she just rolled the window back up and drove off. But in all honesty, he was sick. His ammonia levels had to be skyrocketing because his kidneys had already failed. They were already failing. He was, he was, you know, mm-hmm. in the last stage of liver failure. Oh, gosh. The last time, you know, his parents saw him was on July 6, 2018. This when they dropped him off at the Waffle House. This is uh, at 1808 East Dixon Boulevard in Shelby, North Carolina. Uh, tell us uh, what they had to say about that day when they dropped him off. Do you know anything? Well, I know the three days before that, he laid in the bed, was so sick that he couldn't even hold his head up. And, you know, they bathed him in the bed and everything. Mm-hmm. But that morning when they woke up, he was already showered. And was about to go out the door. And my grandparents asked him, you know, where are you going? And he said, I got to go to Waffle House in Shelby. I got to meet a girl. Well, Papa said, well, just give me and your mama a minute to get our clothes on and we'll take you. You can't walk there. You've been in bed. You've been bedridden the past three days. So he was obviously feeling better then, right? 
well, I don't know if it was feeling better or if it was a feeling of he he kind of sensed the end was coming maybe and didn't want to leave that kind of burden thought on my grandparents maybe. Yeah. So he was he was wanting to go to Waffle House. Mm-hmm. Supposedly. Okay. Now that could, that could have been a cover-up for himself. So they took him to the Waffle House and they dropped him off. Yeah. What time of day was that? Do you know? It was early in the morning. Okay. So what happened after they dropped him off? They just, uh, did they see him go in? They just let him out in the parking lot or? Well, see, he was known, that's that's what he was known for. See, a lot of people thought he was homeless because he wandered Shelby like that on foot. But he wasn't homeless. He always had a home, but he chose to be out there. That's where he felt like he needed to be. Yeah. And that's where he was comfortable. But truth be told, he always had a home. And the reason why we waited a month to report him missing was because he was known to take off like that. Uh, but come the time for his check to come, he was never late on making arrangements and he was never late on getting his money. Yeah. So we knew whenever the, his check come and we hadn't heard nothing that something was up. Something was going on. Yeah. That supported his next drink. Yeah. So it was just like uh, a few days later on July the 11th, there was a, a police officer found him sleeping in the grass. Is that right? Yeah. This was, um, uh, go ahead. Well, they, they watched him fall out in McDonald's parking lot and didn't call him any help and let him lay there and watched him get back up and walk off. But they can't remember which way he walked off. Now, this McDonald's, they found him laying in the grass. It's like, it's the one at Shelby High School, right? Out there, yeah. Out in front yeah, of Shelby where High there's School. cameras all around. Mm-hmm. Did they have any uh, camera footage of him walking off? Did they? They didn't. They didn't care to look. They didn't pull that footage at all. No. Hmm. And by the time it came out, you know those cameras to businesses are looped. Yeah, it's like a thirty-day so, loop or or two-week loop or something like that. Yeah. So yeah. by the time it came out, you know, it didn't exist. Yeah, just recorded over. Yeah. So it said the officer confirmed that Vernon left on foot, and yeah. it, it was later that day someone found his his ID. Is that right? His his um, wallet and his phone. But now they won't tell us who turned it into the police department. Really? Really. So he had a cell phone, right? Yeah. And somebody was supposed to supposedly supposed to be walking it back to him on Frederick Street within the same time of it being turned in. Did they check any cell phone pings or any location data on that phone before, um, after they found it? Or I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so. But they did give two people polygraph tests. Do you know who they were? Pete is who he goes by. I think his name is Stanley Watkins and Jonathan Weiss. Okay. Why did they get a polygraph? Do you know what was the reasoning behind that? They think some some foul play well, was going on, or because they think if if foul play was suspected, Jonathan Weiss would be first suspect. Did he have was was he an enemy of his? Did they have any kind he of? Was. They had some he conflict. Was. He well, previously did time in jail for beating and burning my dad for no reason. Really? Yes. Hmm. How, what was the outcome of the polygraph? Do you know? They both passed. See, Pete, I, he was over my dad's check for a little while, 
it was like he was they were like brothers i know pete i wouldn't have nothing i mean he's all to bat for my daddy mm-hmm. he he was he loved my dad okay and i mean to the point where if it wouldn't have been for pete I keeping my dad from drinking he would have never had his surgery for his hip replacement because they weren't going to do it because he wouldn't stop drinking. But Pete, I went in there and told the doctor, look, I can promise you I can keep him from drinking if you'll just do the surgery. And he done it. Hmm. And see, the, the whole weird circle, Pete's uh, girlfriend slash baby mama. Yeah. Um, she is Jonathan Weiss's baby mama and ex-girlfriend or wife and to make it even crazier my dad was about to be marrying her mother really yeah was he staying with her at any point or um no he he stayed um he stayed with pita for a a little while and then pita had fixed some houses up over on that side of town Mm -hmm. and put daddy in one well, and, and regardless, Daddy always had a home with Mama and Papa's. Of course. Either way. But, see, he worked with Pete I. Mm-hmm. He helped him fix people's cars and restore houses and all that. And Pete I put him in that house to get him off the street, you know? Yeah. Well, that's good of him to do that. But Yeah. But they passed the polygraph test. Would, was anybody else questioned on this? Anybody else he hung out with? Any any known friends that he had that you know of? No, and I feel like there's a few that should have been. Hmm. There's a, like Nancy. I don't even think they really talked to Nancy. She fled the county and went to Rutherford County. And Nancy is Jessica's mama, the one that Daddy was supposed to be marrying. Have you Have you talked to her? Have you got in touch with her or anything? Um. Else? I got, <laughs> um, I got told to stay away from her. Don't say nothing to her because I threatened her on Facebook. Wow. Because she put on Facebook after he had been missing that he had been found, but then took it off and said never mind that he was still missing. That is just weird. And the Jonathan guy, that's the one that was supposed to be taking Daddy's phone and his wallet back to him. Yeah. Who where is the wallet and phone now? Do you know who has it or if if the police don't have it, my grandparents do. Okay. I just didn't know if they could they went through it. Was it a was it a like a smartphone or was it just a, a It was a flip it was a flip phone, I do believe. Yeah. I didn't know if they they could go through it and check numbers called or I'm sure you can text on it. They probably flip. could have. Yeah. They probably could have, but they didn't. Hmm. I, and and I'm. It's sad that I had to be the one to cover Shelby on foot myself, and that sometimes by myself. But back in the day when we didn't have cell phones, I could find my dad and Shelby anywhere in Shelby in less than thirty minutes. Really? Because I met him every Friday, no matter where he was. I didn't have to talk to him to find out where he was. I could find him in less than thirty minutes. Yeah, sounds like you, you and your dad had a pretty good relationship. We did. We yeah. did. He is definitely the parent I'm closest to. Yeah. What have the police told you? Have, are they in contact with you any at all on this? Or? Barely. Barely. But they keep switching over um, investigators on the case. He's done had like four different officers. Mm-hmm. 
And one of them don't even know much about Shelby. He's from Gastonia. And he told me he didn't have any reason to believe that my dad was missing. Well, he's obviously missing. Nobody can find him. That he thinks he took some kind of vacation. I said, let me tell you something. You don't know my dad. He could be skunk drunk and not even say his name or know his name, but he'd walk across town and call me from the hospital's phone. He'd dial my number. Hmm. That is a, a lot of cases like this. People will go missing and the authorities will just brush it off as, you know, they they wanted to leave for a while. They wanted to go away. They, you know, there's no, yeah. there's no crime in walking away from your life, but... Well, that's like the, uh, some of the officers, you know, they say, well, you know, I knew who your dad was. I put him in the hotel for the weekend, such and such. So he would get off the street drinking and this and that. Well, that, yeah, you might have done that. And, and you know, I'm pretty sure it's, th- we're thankful for that. Yeah. But that was then and this is now. And just because he was the town drunk doesn't mean that he wasn't somebody's father or son, you know? Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah, he he deserves answers, and he deserves to find out what happened to him, where he's at. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, he had some uh, health problems. Uh, he did. I, I read that he had some, um, he was a diabetic and uh, some other health problems. He had his toes, all 10 toes were amputated due to frostbite, and he had two full hip replacements. How long ago was that when he had the uh, frostbite? Uh, well, let's see, he's been missing now. It's been about six years ago. Okay. Just a few years before he went missing then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he, he was diabetic too, right? It might have been at the end, but see, Daddy, he didn't really, they didn't really let me in on, on just how sick he was. I didn't know that he was as sick as he was until after he went missing. What about... um? some other health issues you said he had some liver problems liver, liver failure yeah from drinking because yeah. he would drink what you're not supposed to drink like listerine rubbing alcohol um hairspray anything to get his fix yeah just anything to get the alcohol in him i guess yep because hmm. when he woke up every day he was shaking until he had a drink wow so he didn't show up for to get his social security check which um, that's uh, something he normally did. He knew, yeah. He knew when it was coming. Oh yeah, he never missed a day, and never missed a day on on um, getting it planned out on how he was going to get it the next day. Yeah. All right. Uh, just a few minutes ago, we had a little bit of technical difficulties, and uh, we made a joke off the air. You saying that your dad might have had a little bit of a effect on that. Yeah. Because uh, you said uh, there was something about a song that came on the radio. Yeah, he used to sing uh, a George Strait, Carrying Your Love With Me, mm-hmm. to me when I was little. And I hadn't heard it in like 13 years, because I don't listen to country music. It's never never on my radio. I mean, but I listen to all kinds of music. But my mom's car at the time that she had that I was driving to work, the radio had never worked in it. And uh, I was getting off work, and I crunk it up, and the radio was blasting, and it was on the country station. And that song, come on. Wow. So I whipped it out of Bojangles, and I whipped it back into Ingles because I lost it for a minute. And um, when that song went off, that radio never worked again. Wow. Yeah, that, that was definitely your dad talking to you for sure. For sure. 
we spoke on the phone a couple of weeks ago about this. You said he usually slept in the back of a tractor trailer truck. Yeah. Now, when it like whenever he was drinking and he was out on that side of town, that Mark Cummins that runs Cummins Furniture, mm-hmm. he would let him because he knew he was he was safe right there. Yeah. And so he would let him, and uh, when me and my mom went to talk to Mark, he he was spastically checking his tra- his trailers out there to make sure he didn't accidentally shut him up on a truck. And he checked them like three or four times, and he wasn't out there. Mm. And that he said the last time he had seen him was the night before that that he was passed out. Let me say that in quotations on the back of Danny Cody's truck in his parking lot. There at Cummings Furniture. Yep. So what do you think happened to him after that? Honestly, I don't know, but it's, I feel like there's a possibility that they didn't know how sick he was and they, that they thought he was the typical drunk burn that who was passed out drunk on the back of his truck, but I feel like it's a possibility that he could have passed and they didn't know that how sick he was and possibly did something with him, thinking yeah. that thinking that the police might say he had something to do with it or something. Yeah. And now there was a, a report. There was a body found in Canada. Is that correct? Around Niagara, yeah. around Niagara, Niagara Falls, Ontario. Yeah. Yep. What do you know about that? Tell us a little bit about that. Well, I came across it because I, I didn't even think to look at the group until uh, a friend of mine said, well, you know, why don't you check these uh, unclaimed persons groups and pages and see, you know, it never hurts to look because we've done everything else we can do. Yeah. And so I did. Well, it wasn't even a day that I had uh, been joined in this group. And I come across the picture before I even read it. I mean, the hat, the face, the facial hair. And it's a pencil sketch, I guess, because the man was already dead that they found. And it was, he was, you know, decaying or whatever. But I got cold chills all over my body when I seen it. And I really, because my dad's facial hair, it was distinct. I, I talk about it a lot because you don't see many men with the same kind of facial hair. Exactly. It's it's so thick. Like if he don't if he don't keep it trimmed, it's he's gonna have bumps all over his face, and the way his hair grows on his face. My brother's the same way, but um, just the shape of the eyes, the lips, all the way down to the crooked line on the top lip. I Imagine. Guess- I saw the photograph. I mean, I saw the photograph of the sketch, and I, uh, I guess the one thing that gave me cold chills was uh, they sketched him with a Broncos hat. Exactly. And yeah. uh, and there's a photograph of your dad wearing a Broncos hat yeah, because he was a Broncos fan. But you know, he also had Charger hats. Yeah. But it, you know, sometimes I think uh, Chris Chargers there they they use the Broncos. They it is horse. yeah it's the same logo yeah. So it could be confused with the Broncos or uh, a Charger horse. Yeah, because you know Canada. Canada's not going to know about Crest High School. No. What about the the clothing in the pictures? There, um, there was some jogging pants, some some mm-hmm. flip flop type I, shoes. Uh, I don't know about the flip flops, but I know he had jogging pants like that, and I know for a fact he had a hoodie like that because it was his favorite hoodie. Yeah. 
Yeah, I saw those photographs, and I was, I was like, this is a very good possibility. This could be your dad. Yeah, because and, and me being on foot and not being able to find him, uh, I'm not going to be able to find him if he's not here. Exactly. How and would, I know I covered I covered Shelby on foot. Yeah. I, yeah, I've read some of your interviews and stuff online, and, I mean, you, you spent days and days just wondering, yeah. just exploring Shelby, looking for him. Day or night, I did. Yeah. How do you think he would have gotten to Canada, Niagara okay. area? There's, there's, there's a few ways. His, um, since his ammonia levels were off, he could have been thinking he was crawling in the back of those trucks at Mark Cummins, but really crawled in the back of one of those running trucks right there beside City Trends where they sit. Yeah. He could have crawled up there and went to sleep and, you know, just went to his forever sleep. But that's one way, because when I worked at Pilot, there's thousands of trucks that go in and out of Canada to the U.S. daily. Mm-hmm. And I learned that working at the truck stop. So it would be easy for that to happen because one body weight's not enough to make them uh, at the way station. It's not enough to make them search your truck. Yeah. And that's how I, I figured he got to Canada. But however he got on the truck, it's either that he crawled up, a, uh, up there and now the guy that he was passed out on the back of his truck, he had just got like a $90,000 something settlement. The only other way I could think of was he paid one of them to take him off. Have you told- And I got to keep every option open because I don't know. No, you don't know. It just struck me weird as the 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 sketch of your dad and the, the clothing and the similarities yep. of the, the facial features and the hat. Yep. And yep. then, then there's a picture of your dad wearing a, a Broncos Charger hat. That that really, I mean, I got cold chills when I saw that. Yeah, I really think it is a possibility, but I can't get uh, Canada's uh, Crime Stoppers to answer my phone call. Have you talked to anybody up there? No, not in Canada. Hmm. And I even told um, the new police... The new investigator on the on the case, I even told him about it, but and I sent him the screenshots, but he never replied or never responded back to me about it. That is so weird. That's so crazy. Is there anything else you want to tell us about your dad? Anything we need to know that you know we get this out that would help with details, or um, somebody may know something. I know somebody has to know something. My dad, he was well known. I mean, even if somebody knew him as the, the, the drunk that's standing on the corner. <laughs> yeah. Um, he was around too many people who've seen him daily to where somebody somewhere has to know something. Yeah, especially if he was out all day long. I mean, he, he had lots of acquaintances around, I'm sure. Oh, he did. He mm-hmm. did. And probably some you don't even know about. The, the, well, I don't, I don't know about that. Now we we got the same circle of people. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm sure. I, I made sure I stayed close where I could always find them. Yeah. That's just so weird. Him just disappear like that. It is, because he would have done call me if he was still alive. I tell you that. Yeah. And especially him not having his wallet and phone now. Well, he'd still remember my number. Yeah. He would find somebody's phone somewhere, and he would call me. He would have been done call me. He'd have called me two days after he'd been nobody seen him. Yeah, and if he had just lost his phone or and wallet, you know, he would have called you. Oh yeah, he would have still called. Mm-hmm. Like I said, he used to walk across town just to use the hospital phone 
in the emergency room just to call my number. Wow. Even if he couldn't even tell you his name, he was so drunk. He still went and did that and would call. We, we couldn't understand a word he was trying to say, but you know what? He called. Exactly. When was the last time you heard from the authorities? Um, it's been, matter of fact, I can look at my phone right now and tell you. Okay. Um, it has been since, and Sergeant Treadway is who's on it. It's been since March the 11th. Sergeant Tread, Treadway at Shelby PD? Yes. And it was when? March the 11th. Of this year? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, it's not that long ago, but still. And that's when he wanted me to send him the screenshots of that post in Canada. But, yeah, he never responded. Yeah. So you hadn't heard anything from the county uh, deputies or county um, sheriff's department or anything like that? Nope. And every time it's the same thing when I do hear from them. We have no leads. We have no new information. We have this. We don't have this. And uh, I think you told me, too, that you've been uh, put some information in for NamUs. Yeah. Who did you talk to with NamUs? Do you remember? I can't remember her name, but I know it was a, a, an older woman, and she was coming from Forest City. And then she talked to me on the phone and got the information that she needed or whatnot. And I remember seeing him on the website. But then now, he's not on there. I still don't understand why the Cleveland County hadn't put him on the missing persons now, even after I caught up there and taught him how I felt. Yeah, he needs to be, he needs to be listed. Yeah. Until something is verified of what happened to him where he's at or something you know something happened to him we need to know he needs to be on there yeah until it's resolved it, until something's done i agree yep yep and it just sort of went and for him to be well known too yeah and all the most of the police officers they went to school with him yeah i think i saw where joel shores had commented yeah. on something yeah i think he's with the sheriff's department He's my mom's. He's family on my mom's side. Mm-hmm. All right, Ashley, we do appreciate you being on the show, and we'll get this put out and hopefully find some answers, girl. Thanks for reaching out. All righty. Thanks for being on the show. All right. All right, bye-bye. Bye. And again, I want to thank Ashley for being on the show. I hope we can get this podcast out and get some answers and find out what happened to her dad. All right. We're going to get out of here. I want everyone to be safe. Be careful and always be aware of your surroundings. And like Dale says, because the next episode could be about you. This is the Crack House Chronicles. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.